0: It's Leanna. Before we get to the episode, we wanna take a second to thank you for listening. The fact that you chose this episode out of the millions of podcast episodes that are out there, that's pretty cool. We'd love it if you left us a review, subscribed, shared us with a friend. And if there's something you wanna see us talk about on Hometown Stories, just let us know. Send an email to hometownstories at wdbj7.com. Okay, now let's settle in for today's episode. The journey from the grapevine to the bottle is a journey filled with challenges for winemakers across the world. And thanks to climate change, those challenges are mounting.
1: To say it's stressing people out is an understatement of of enormous magnitude.
0: In this episode of Hometown Stories, a look at how climate change is forcing Virginia's billion-dollar wine industry to adapt.
2: I had to relearn how to make my wines for 21 and 22.
0: And for the consumer, winemakers are uncorking a little advice.
2: Get out there,
3: try it, and enjoy it.
0: On a damp August morning in 2021, I made the drive from Roanoke to Blacksburg and into the tranquil rolling mountains that hold Bellevue Farm and Winery. The cool morning temperatures were quickly giving way to a muggy heat. The grape leaves began to sweat, and so did the team of staff and volunteers snipping away at bunches of grapes and neat, lush rows of vines on the hillside. As the great bunches dropped into large rectangular yellow buckets, Ivan Beliveau was checking the rows one more time, just to make sure they were at peak readiness.
2: The fact that they're turning black tells us they're ready to pick.
0: When the yellow buckets fill up, Ivan loads them onto his ATV and deposits them in giant crates at the bottom of the hill. The bees were having a field day. Ivan established this winery in the early 2000s after many years of research and many glasses of wine consumed in the name of science.
2: We've picked close to four tons of this variety called Niagara.
0: The day I paid him a visit was around mid-August, and Ivan's farm was all hands on deck to harvest the grapes. That summer, and the summer that followed, were among the hottest Ivan and his grapes, ever had to contend with.
2: Well, it was interesting because 21 and 22 was so much warmer that I had to relearn how to make my wines for 21 and 22, because they were not the kind of wines we were doing before.
0: The world is warming, and recently that warming trend has sped up and intensified. Ivan says his recorded temperatures showed his farm was steadily warming every summer. It's a trend seen by wineries around the world.
2: The French regions have warmed up so much that the French are investing in new lands so that they can continue to make the kinds of wines they're accustomed to making. One of their major investment has been in the Mendoza-Oco Valley in Argentina because they've can they, they purchased land from the valley all the way to the top of the Andes, hoping that'll last them a hundred plus years. And uh, so there's been a lot of investment in those regions Um, and also knowing my first visit to Napa was in 1972 and they are not producing the same wines they were producing in 1972. Uh, They can't. It's so much warmer.
0: According to new data from NASA, the five hottest Julys since 1880 have all happened in the past five years.
4: Honestly, you know, I was telling my kids about this the other day. There's a good chance that this summer is the coldest summer we'll have in the next 20 years here in the New River Valley, which is concerning.
0: Dr. Craig Ramsire is an assistant professor in the Department of Geography at Virginia Tech specializing in climate change. He says climate change is pushing typical weather patterns to the extreme and the acceleration and the frequency of those extremes since about 2010 has become very noticeable.
4: We've always had floods. The intensity of floods is increasing, right? The intensity of a heat wave is increasing. And so it's like taking these things that have always happened, these extreme events that are kind of where all of the, you know, deaths and uh, losses of property and these sorts of issues and it's sort of amplifying those.
0: But climate change is also narrowing our winter season and so unseasonable warm-ups can actually trick the grapes
4: And some some crops will kind of misinterpret that as the beginning of spring they'll bloom and then you' but you're still left with a chance of a fr- freeze after that. To say it's stressing people out is an
1: understatement of of enormous magnitude.
0: Bruce Zoclin has spent decades researching how to produce better wine, even in the face of climate change. He's Professor Emeritus of Enology at Virginia Tech. Enology is the study of wines. Zoclin also ran the Grape Chemistry Group at Virginia Tech for about 30 years, and he's been involved in extensive outreach with the grape-growing community in Virginia and around the world, He actually came to Virginia from California in the 1980s for the job.
1: I had to uh, listen to uh, friends and colleagues' abstract senses of humor suggesting that maybe I'd been excommunicated from California or something or that maybe I was in some kind of witness protection program because I could not understand why anybody would voluntarily move to Virginia to work on wine.
0: When he moved here in 1985, there were just about 30 wineries in the whole state making wine.
1: Some of which you could even drink. Now, (laughs) uh, now the wine quality is as good as you'll find anywhere.
0: Today, the Commonwealth boasts more than 300 wineries. And Zachlin says they're all dealing, in one way or another, with climate change. But this is in no way a new issue.
1: I was at a meeting in Australia in 2004 in which climate change was a big front burner topic. It's safe to say that it's long been known that climate change is the greatest threat to wine business and in general the greatest threat to uh, wine growers. So this is uh, it, it's distressing that the rest of the society has been so slow in the realization of the impact of climate change.
0: So according to Zachlin, an important measure of climate change is the amount of CO2 or carbon dioxide in our atmosphere, right? Well, that concentration has increased 38 percent in the last 150 years, but 20 percent of that increase has happened in just the last 20 years.
1: Now, you don't have to be a plant physiologist to 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 imagine that that's if the ambient temperature is 100 degrees and the fruit temperature is eight degrees warmer then some of those desirable aroma, flavor and phenolic compounds are probably either going to be evaporated or they're going to break down or they're going to be degraded in some way, some fashion. And indeed, that is truly the case, even traditional regions like uh, Burgundy, for example. It, which uh, doesn't get even, even more, any more traditional than that, as well as places like Bordeaux, all, also in France, also very traditional, are thinking about planting new varieties. And let me assure you, particularly in Bordeaux, for the French, planting new varieties, uh, varieties that previously the law would not allow to be planted in those regions is, is happening. And the reason that's happening is because there are some progressive uh, vintners or winemakers, white growers, wine growers we call them, that realize that the uh, writing is, is it's not only on the wall, it's in your face, that they're gonna have to make some changes.
0: Grapes are extremely sensitive crops. And Zoclan says the wine industry's impacts have been a sort of canary in the coal mine for climate change. But the impact varies depending on where you are. So, for example, out in California, they're dealing with extreme drought and smoke taint from wildfires. The intense UV rays also pose a problem. Here in Virginia, the issue tends to be the rain— which doesn't always come at the right time for grape growing.
3: So it could be a financial hit just on a, it's a gamble. Do I pick or do I wait?
0: Skip Causey is president of the Virginia Vineyard Association. He also owns Potomac Point Vineyard and Winery. How have you seen climate change impact your operations at your winery? I think
3: the biggest thing on climate change for not only here, but also from other vineyard owners and winery owners The biggest thing is going to be the unknown of what you're going to get. You can have a wonderful harvest year, but if we have one hurricane that comes at the wrong time, and if we have to pick early, which is what happened last year, uh, Hurricane Ian came through and we had to pick several varietals several weeks before we wanted to, just in case. There There are times that one bad weather event could basically just decimate your crop. And so you're always just waiting and watching, uh, and sometimes you can't do anything about it other than, you know, worry about it and hopefully that it doesn't happen.
0: Wine is a billion dollar industry for Virginia, but it took a while for the wine market to become this robust. Thomas Jefferson, of course, tried to bring French varieties back with him to Monticello. Early attempts failed miserably, and Virginia had pests unknown to French producers. So, other states, like California, ended up taking the lead. But Virginia has made a remarkable comeback, particularly since the mid-1980s.
3: We've propelled ourselves from almost last place to, you know, now fifth or sixth place, depending on how you count it, uh, in you know, the size of our industry uh, against the other states.
0: So not only does climate change threaten the taste and type of wines we drink, It could also have big consequences for the industry itself. Why should the average person be paying attention or care about these changes that we're seeing?
1: Well, they live on the same planet you and I live on. That's first and foremost. If their focus is is just uh, one dimensional and they're looking to uh, always buy their favorite wine and wondering why the price is going up, uh, that's another thing. The other third is that our ability to consistently craft fine wines, if we don't continue to adapt properly, is going to be compromised.
0: This
2: is, uh, as I say, it's a sweet port style, um, 19% alcohol or 19.5% alcohol. So it's pretty pretty strong, but because of the sugar level, you don't get that punch of alcohol in your face.
0: Back at Bellevue and Blacksburg, it's been a cooler but strange summer for Ivan. For the last two summers he was picking in mid to late August, but this year, he thinks the grapes won't be ready until Labor Day.
2: Even flowering was delayed by three weeks. And so everything has been very, very late this year. So now I'm going to have a very different high mountain wine this year. And it'll be great, but it'll just be different. Which is caught now. That is Pinot Noir. And they're the ones that are darkening the fastest. On the other side is Concord and Niagara. They're just beginning to go through something, that veraison process. Our Pinot Gris further up, and it's well along, as is um, some of our other other greats.
0: Ivan thinks Southwest Virginia in general, and Appalachia in particular, might be spared the worst of what climate change will do in the next several years.
4: I frankly took this job at Virginia Tech, no joke, because I had a couple of other options available. One of the reasons was like long-term livability. Like, yeah, it's going to warm up here. But that may mean we move into the lower 90s, you know, by the next decade is kind of a normal summertime temperature. Okay, that's really hot and it's unusual for here, but it's still livable. Right. And then if you think about places like Las Vegas, if you shift that envelope five degrees, you're talking about like not healthy for humans to
0: live there. But Ramsire and Zachlin say that's not a reason to rest on our mountain laurels. Heat and flooding can still be dangerous.
1: We haven't seen the extremes that are evident on the West Coast, yet we see some extremes, but they're not quite as, from my perspective, they don't have not had quite the same impact as what I have see on the West Coast and in Europe. But given the trends, uh, that's just a matter of time.
0: That's why it's important for grape growers to work to adapt now. And there are options
1: they include things like shading the fruit, either with leaves. In other words, don't don't have as excessive of leaf removal. In the case of of the West Coast, we actually put on shade cloth onto the trellis. We also uh, use things like clays to spray the fruit to make them um, more buffered from the uh, ambient temperature.
0: Like a sunscreen almost? Yeah, like,
1: like, like a sunscreen a, a, as well. We can change, for new vineyards, you can change the row orientation a little bit. Obviously, planting vineyards at a higher altitude will lower the uh, daily ambient temperature. Uh, the problems are the obvious, and that is that you can get more spring frost or, or freeze uh, potential, But those are the ways that we're dealing with that uh, right now, the remedial actions of uh, vineyard management.
0: Kazi and Ivan say there are types of grapes that they wouldn't have dared plant 20 years ago that they think could now thrive in Virginia. Wine growers could also add hardier, perhaps less popular varieties better adapted to the changing climate. Then there's also the H word, hybrids. Wines that are perceived as inherently inferior, according to Zachlin, largely because of misinformation.
1: Some of these hybrids are very, very fine wines, and they can indeed be made uh, at lower costs in many cases because you can crop them at a higher level and they're easier to manage. So your vineyard operational costs can be lower. But I don't see a wild swing for that right now in Virginia. But I think there will be a change around the world with regard to maybe some of these hybrids will indeed in the long run be more sustainable.
2: I think of all the things that I've learned about the grapes is that they're not necessarily talking to you, but they are talking to you. They tell you what they want to become. I think if you follow what you're hearing, you'll make very good wines. I think if you fight it and try to make what you made yesterday, I think you'll make much more marginal wines.
0: Ivan and Skip Causey say the state of Virginia has been pouring out funding and research to support the wine industry through the Virginia Wine Promotion Fund, which was promised through the General Assembly back in 1984. They say that money is essential, particularly for research for a breeding program to find the varieties best suited for Virginia and its customers. What we
3: found is that we're known for trials. We're known for trying new things. Uh, millennials in particular and the young folks coming in, they are not afraid to try new varietals that no one's ever heard of before. Which one
0: is the I think it's with lover, Lover's Quest? Yeah, Lover's Quest. Virginia's winemakers have much to do to prepare and adapt for a changing climate. And in the meantime, they're encouraging consumers to adapt with them.
3: So try those different wines, try the different varietals that you may have not seen in a Virginia winery and just see how the winemakers are, you know, chancing uh, to try new varietals, trying different ways to um, make the wine and they're stylistic. Um, So get out there, try it and enjoy it.
0: Cheers. (laughs) Stories is a production of WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. This episode was written and produced by me, Leanna Scaccetti, and edited by Ben Roquelme. We'll see you next time.